Good afternoon, guys. Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, Phil. How are you feeling? How are we, boys? How are we? Yeah, all right. Friday, isn't it? Friday. It is indeed. It's all good. It is Friday, isn't it? It is Friday. Dave, you said you were feeling a bit tired. I, I am. It's my age, mate. It's the middle age thing. I feel emotionally tired and physically tired <laughs> at the end of the week, which means I must have been doing something emotionally, emotional and physical. But it's good, you know. Yeah, I do. I do. It's not. It's not a feeling of oh my god, a bad feeling. It's just like a, whoo man, that type of feeling. If that, you know, all oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you oh, just yeah. come to the end of a long bike ride. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's an even better feeling, that though, isn't it? That you've accomplished something, great experience. Yeah. Got a bit of, got a bit of weather into yourself. You know, feeling good. The levels have you know, been pumped up and reduced down. That's a, you're ready for a beer. That's that's the ultimate feeling. That. Okay. And isn't it? It's more than a feeling. Doom, doom, doom. Sorry. What what were you doing? What were the what EastEnders? Doom, 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 doom. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <then? laughs> <laughs> EastEnders. I just closed my eyes and slipped away. That's oh, here all. we go. Here we go. Um, Phil, how are you doing, mate? Are you doing, is this is this actually you, Phil, or is it like an avatar clone, <laughs> artificial intelligent version of of Phil Lou's brain thoughts? People for a long time has, have been saying that I'm artificially intelligent. So. Oh, <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation. I kind of feel we need to. Delve into yeah. that. What but about me being artificially intelligent? I think that's. I think that's the one we need to work on. Discuss. <laughs> Phil version two point zero. Artificially intelligent. Discuss. Yeah. So Phil, I've I've read uh, a few of your blogs recently. You've been quite prolific yeah. recently, and um, and you put a statement out on LinkedIn as well. Tell us more about that. I put a statement out on LinkedIn to say that I would gladly become the world's first open source copywriter. Uh, to just get a bit of attention, really, obviously, uh, attention-seeking as I am. Um, but I'd been looking around uh, with ChatGPT4 a lot, and um, one of the prompts I kind of I gave, um, gave it sort of um, a series of articles that I'd written uh, over the last sort of five years or so, um, because I think I've got quite a di- distinctive way of writing, uh, well, especially when I'm sort of writing articles, and just as an experiment, really, just to see um, um, if it could emulate how I write. And um, so I did all this, put lots of stuff in, and then said, "Right, can you can you write an article on what was it um, tying together quantum physics with the theory of relativity in my style?" And I'm not kidding you, it, it, it knocked up something that looked like I could have written it, explaining both those two different sort of, but connected uh, um, sort of areas of science. And it was pretty amazing. You know, and I managed to you know, give the same, lots of things to write about. Things and, to um, and, um including a story about sort of technology that you use on the uh, Disney Plus Mandalorian show, which I ended up putting on the blog, oh, yeah, put, it, yeah. put it actually on my uh, mm. website blog because I couldn't have written it better myself, to be honest. Uh, and then it just got me thinking. I basically asked it to create a, a, a detailed prompt of my writing style, uh, which blew me away. You know, it gave, gave me this long 10-point 10, 10 overview of how I write, which we could then use as a prompt in an AI 
be that chat GPT four or Bard or what have you, um, to write like me. Uh, and it was scary. Wow. I mean, the, the, the level of detail in this prompt that it, it wrote was scary. And the observations about my writing style were like, yeah, on point. Um, so that was the whole point, really. I kind of thought, well, <laughs> do I have to worry about being a copywriter anymore? Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's only part of what I do. Um, if mm. people want an article that that's written in my style, well, they could just ask me for the prompts. It's just probably the stupidest business idea I've ever, I've ever had. Um, but you know, basically, hand over the prompts, and there you go. You're away. Type that in. Tell you what. Tell it what you want, <laughs> want it to want you to write about it, and voila, you'll have an article with you know a few new order references, probably <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, it's scary in a good way. Mm. I'm. And I'm sure other people are doing this, but not being honest about it. I'm sure people are using ChatGPT or Bard or AI to write stuff for them on behalf of their client, but not being transparent about mm. it. I'm, I'm sure this has already happened. But I think the difference is that you're being honest yeah. about the fact that you're using this as a resource. And provocative, you know, really. I mean, the whole thing was to, to be a bit provocative mm. about it. Because to be dead honest, you know, the, the actual output, the writing bit, if I've done all the other stuff right as a writer, when I'm writing, you know, understanding the company that I'm working for, understanding their specific product or service or understanding about how the business works and all these, and that's research. You don't just, that, just, that, that's not just stuff that, you know, you, 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 you can get an AI to scrape for you. All that stuff takes time and thought and consideration. Um, so it might be able to write like me, but it wouldn't be able to sort of get into the skin of things and understand what's going on. And if you can't do that, you can't really do the right. If, you, if you're just doing product reviews or doing, you know, content for SEO and all those kind of things. Yeah, no doubt. There's tons of people that are doing mm. that already. Um, yeah. But I think it's about using the tools. I think I've definitely, that's what I've kind of come to terms with in the last couple of weeks that we don't, don't think we all need to crap ourselves about all our jobs being replaced. I think we need to think creatively mm. about what we do with this stuff. And this sounds very serious. I'm in a serious mm. mode today when I'm thinking about AI. Well, it's 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 a serious topic though because the everything's blowing up on the internet about yeah. it. Loads of people talking about this, and and it's not just people in digital creative sectors. It's everywhere. All mainstream media now is 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 talking about it. Dave, do you? use artificial intelligence in any way yeah yeah we do yeah absolutely uh a bit like phil from a from a writing perspective but you know we've also myself and phil are also we're part of a company that's that's got a piece of tech that has a a good ai layer to it you know so we we, we and we work in tech as well so we we're aware of it and, and we mm. use it but it it's, I know it's blowing up now, but it's been around for a long, long time. You know, this it's been there working away in the background mm. for for a long time. So I think at the moment it's the fact that it's it's more visible because it's more accessible. You know, where in the back, you, where in the past, banking institutions mm. would be using it or government organisations would be using it and using variants of it. Now it's there. You can literally via a web browser access it and use it. So that that that's why, and then obviously yeah. when something like this comes along, 
there's a positivity of it, but like anything else in this world, before you know it, out come all the negatives and it'll do this and it'll do that and it'll do this and it'll do that. And in the future, mm. uh, before you know it, Skynet will be here and the machines will have taken over. Now, <laughs> who knows what will happen in the future? Maybe that's will will be what, what happens. But at the moment, you know, it's it's because it's in its infancy with its accessibility and people using it. It's there and people are going, wow, we could we could you know I I, I can I can use this. But for me, it's like what Phil said there. It's a tool and it's as good as what you put in. It's as you know, you, totally. it's not, it's not the, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it will replace certain jobs or maybe it will replace human interaction in some relation in some way, but you know, it's as it stands and stands at the moment and probably will for the foreseeable future is it's as good as what a human puts in there, the knowledge, the intelligence, mm-hmm. the research, you know, if you want to do something, you've got to prompt it. You know what's the what you're putting into that prompt? How good is the information that's gone into the prompt, which then lets us do things and then returns an output. But then you look at that output, and then the human interacts with it again and makes it better and better and better and better. For me, at the moment, it's a piece of software. It's a tool that does specific things. Now, will that expand? Probably, of course, it will. You know, but hopefully, hopefully, it expands still with people involved in it. You know, because society is based on is 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 human. It's a human society. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're not want to, for you know, we're trying to replace ourselves with 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 software and machinery. I mean, you got to look look at go back to automate. Look at auto. I mean, look at auto, automation within uh, car manufacturing and the systems and processes involved in that. But there are still there's still jobs and certain things in that process that humans still have to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm totally, totally on that. It, you know, from yeah, I agree. It's it's about from, yeah, turbocharging what you do in terms of processes and you know, just you've got all the sort of people with the pitchforks out, haven't you? You know, like the the sort of naysayers wagging the fingers going, you know, sort of naysayers. Oh, well now kids mm. won't be able to do homework because they'll just cheat. And yeah, they will. Like, so you've got to deal with that as a society. Yeah, like, yeah. just you, like because what you can't do as a teacher or a lecturer is give a student, a pupil, a piece of work that they could put in, into a, into an AI and have it generate for you because you're wasting your time because they'll all do it now. We'll all do it, and and it's impossible to see where you know where ai has created something like that anyway because no two responses are the same so i think you have to go you know what it's here um pandora's out of the box you've got to deal with it but if you got if you're clever you can work make it work to your advantage which is what dave's saying there it's like it's only as good as what you put into it um so yeah i think it's exciting it's exciting you know, a lot of people will look at it as a tool to do more. So do more, get more, earn more, have more. Do you know what I mean? How can I increase my productivity in a five-day week to basically do eight days worth of something in five days? Well, what about looking at it slightly differently going, right, well, I've got five mm-hmm. days here. I'll use that tool. And guess what? It, I'm able to then do it in three and a half days, which gives me a day and a half not to work or do something else. 
What about looking at it from a different perspective that goes, oh, my word, now I can do a four-day week or I can do a a three-and-a-half-day week and I'll spend that other day on half doing something completely different, which is away from my day-to-day, day-to-day job. Because at the moment, you know, a lot of when people are looking at AI at the moment, it's always work-related, isn't it? You know, it's it, it, they're looking at it from a what does it do from a mm. from an output perspective, work related. What about it, what it can do to free up time to let you do other stuff? You know, maybe maybe looking at it as a tool to get that goes, I get some time back, and then may uh, our employers or organisations going, do you know what we can do a four day week, and we'll do a four day week, and we'll give everybody that day back, and we won't we won't take the salary off them, we will pay them the same same amount of money. For those four days, an hour, and, and they get three days off, and, you, and your salary is still the same. Looking at it completely differently. Love that. And do you think that'll happen? Depends on the organisation. So do you think the larger ones who are going, right, so our wage bill is, sake of argument, quarter of a million pound a year, and our people are now working 20% less, should we continue to pay them or take 20% off our wage bill? Ah, uh, uh, you see, then it becomes about, uh, well, what, what are the competition doing? And if the competition are, are offering better terms, because more companies are starting to dabble in four-day weeks, mm. right? If the competition are offering more uh, generous terms, there's a risk of losing people, you know. Mm. So I think that I think that kind of comes into play. The, you know, the, the employee power, you know, that that, mm. that you know, we all have choices. We can work anywhere these days, really, virtually. And and if if you can use your skills in a particular way, and one one potential employer will enforce a five day working week, um, and by the way, you'll have to be at your desk for five five of them days, and then another is going to say, well, we'll give you four four days, pay you for five. Um, you'd be doing the same work. We just we're just going to streamline it a little bit, so you'd be using mm-hmm. AI tools in your in your daily workflows. So we can get the best out of you, what's up there in your brain, and we can just deliver the outputs quicker and more effectively because we're doing it using AI. I, I think then, mm-hmm. you know, as a employee or a person with those choices, I don't know where I'd go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's what – because people will just expect that. Just, just in the same way that, you know, our kids – we grew up with calculators, right, knowing that, you know, mm. if we wanted to do some long division, we'd just reach for the calculator rather than sort of scroll it on half a, half a page of A4 to get your answer. You know, and our kids have grown up with internet connectivity and social media – well, this generate and and that all that all just becomes sort of commonplace in people's lives. This generation will come up knowing that they can process information to such a degree that you can get pretty amazing results, and that'll be just commonplace. So we have to think differently. I, I agree about thinking differently. I was thinking about this earlier um, in reference to my dad. It was my dad's birthday this week, and obviously died like twelve years ago. I was thinking about what life was like for him when he was growing up. And I remember being in a, he was a long distance lorry driver and my school holidays were spent. That was my holiday in, in a That's rig awesome. with my dad going down That's south quite awesome. often. And, and, and he was, he, he was because for, for many reasons it was good. We were just in the same space together for a long time. And he was just sharing stuff with me. One of the things he shared with me was just what you said then, Phil, 
we're talking about the ability to do stuff. And I think, and this is it, the, the output we were, talk, we were talking about was my dad was a human computer. It, the level of his education going back to the 30s, I'd say, was probably equivalent to our key stage two or key stage three. You get him in a long distance lorry drive, as a long distance lorry drive, get him in, get him in a rig. And he could work out if we had a, if we were going at 50 mile an hour, 55 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour, how long a drop would take, how many pallets were in the back of that that drop, how long it would take him, how how long is it going to take us to, to get down to Dorset, for example, and he would be there within a minute. He was doing what, you know, like sat-navs would, are doing now with artificial intelligence. He was doing it back then. But the point was, he was a, he, he'd just become a human computer because he, he knew how to exercise that part of his brain to do calculations. And he used that same analogy. It's like, you look at calculators, some people stop to lose the ability to calculate because they're too dependent and too reliant on computers. And that just made me think a little bit about artificial intelligence. Yes, it's, you know, Pandora's box being open now. Artificial intelligence is is accessible for a lot of people. And I had a conversation with my friend this morning about it, and, and he, he works in, in the tech sector. And he, and he explained that he's got the ability now to not use somebody he would outsource to to write some code for a website. He just takes it in artificial intelligence. I won't tell you who it was um, for obvious reasons. But instead of outsourcing to somebody who's paying 50-odd, 60 quid an hour to do some code for him, he gets it done in 10 minutes now and he doesn't need to ask. And he, he's, he's having a conversation with his chatbot about that code. So so I, I, I get it. And I think there's, there's, I suppose the point I'm making is that I'm not a naysayer. I do use a lot of technology and I see the implications of this. The worry I've got for people who don't know how to use it properly is that they're going to lose a lot of skills that they could normally use. And that's what worries me. That goes back to your point about education, Phil. We're talking about the ability to calculate stuff, not how to use a calculator or how to use a chatbot, but the ability to calculate and process information for ourselves. Well, uh, and and therein is a a, a good point that I can illustrate with uh, something I've done over the last couple of weeks because my daughter's doing a SATS um, and she's uh, bright as a button. Uh, She's brilliant at English for some reason. And uh, she's just been falling a bit behind on on her maths. And she's aware of ChatGPT. She's used it. Um, but obviously, she's a bit worried about her, uh, her, her sats. And, you know, she, she, she's probably getting about half half marks or had been getting about half marks. Um, so rather than, you know, just going, okay, well, let's put – you know, put that put that equation into ChatGP to see what the answer is. We flipped it round, and we sort of we st- we basically oh, I trained up uh, a chatbot on ChatGPT five four. God, we're not even there yet. Four to create a um, a, ma- a virtual maths tutor tutor for Daisy. Now that it took me a bit of work, and it took took me a bit of feeding stuff in, um, but it worked. You know, we we would we then had a a, a chatbot primed, knew knew Daisy by name, knew the areas she was sub, uh, struggling in, because we'd fed that in. Knew she liked to joke, because I put that in as well. Knew that she was doing a sats. Knew that she was doing key, she's on key key stage two, 
And it was able to shape a response every time she asked a question that would 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 show her the areas where where she where, where she'd been falling behind. So that to me is like that's flipping it around to go. Okay, yeah, of course we could get it to give us the answer for this, but we ought to use it in a smart way to say, well, actually, I don't I don't understand this subject. Tell me about it. And, and I think that's that's how that's how our minds have to change. It's like me getting it to write an article on quantum physics and um, the theory, uh, the Einstein's theory of uh, relativity. I know nothing about those two things, right? But reading an article that sounded like I wrote it, don't quiz me, but I, I had a better understanding of it than I ever would reading through, you know, some scientific book. So it's like, can we use these tools to... In, enhance our knowledge rather than just give us the knowledge. No, I mean, it's a great example. And there's no doubt we've got access to more knowledge than ever before. But our generation had more more access to knowledge than the previous generation, the previous generation, previous generation. Iterations of the internet, um, media, not social media, but media as well, more media at that time. And prior to that, books and newspapers. And before that, before books and newspapers, people were better orators. I, I suppose the point I'm making is that I, I don't think we need more access to information. I think we need the ability to use our brains more effectively. I think we're outsourcing our ability to better ourselves. Not we, not you, or you know, not you, Phil or Dave. What I'm, what I'm worried about is with anything powerful in the wrong hands, it's probably we're probably going to do something wrong with it and, and and what i mean by that is we've got two great examples phil you're you're helping your daughter learn something valuable with the aid of technology i had a conversation with my dad where he was helping me using his ability to explain things and teach me because he'd never he'd never taught anyone before so he became a teacher as well as a truck driver as well as somebody who's great at maths and i think what i got from that was i spent time learning from my dad and that's what bothers me a little bit. Are we outsourcing key human points of contact? Phil, oh, sorry, Dave, you said we're a human society. What worries me now is that we've got a generation of people who might lose the ability to converse with people the way we can converse because we're outsourcing that to a chatbot. We've potentially got parents losing the ability to connect with their children because they're outsourcing it to somebody else and that that's and i'm not being a naysayer about it i use ai i'll be honest you know full disclosure i use it what i'm bothered about is my attention span is getting very short as a consequence of it i want instant answers and that's what i see as ai doing now it's getting better search results more knowledge my concern is that my previous addictions prior to my breakdown, I was I was addicted to knowledge. I was addicted to finding shit out all the time. As soon as the internet hit, I wasn't sleeping much. And that's beginning to happen again. So that's full disclosure for me. I'm worried where my brain's going. And I'm concerned about the human population. Like, we need to put some protocols in place, I think, for best use of this technology. Or am I just being an airsayer? I mean, that'll come. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you look at a lot of things at the moment, the world is a lot of the things the way everything used to work is changing the systems are all changing because they've reached a point where they can't work like that anymore 
And also, people are taking ownership of going, we don't want it to work like that anymore. We're going to look at doing something different. And that's individual mm-hmm. or groups of individuals that are starting to look at that change. That's not being driven by governments. Governments, from their perspective, would love everything to run the way it's always run and more efficient for them. You know, this is the system. You're in the system. This is the way we're going to do it. You will do what we say and we will regulate it. And they'll take things like AI and use it to their absolute extreme to make sure that it keeps everybody in the system doing the way that they want, they, that they want it to run. But people are taking that ownership back now. They're going, that's mm. not for me, that. I want to do it differently. And if you, we've said it a few times, to get significant change, you need enough people or individuals that are going, are picking things up and going, I'll try it this way. I'll try it that way. I'll try it this way. I'll try it that way. It's not driven from the top, this. And mm. we're living in a society at the moment, globally, where whether it's France, England, Spain, uh, you know, Turkey, Iran, wherever that is now, pe- people are going, I want some change here. I want some change. The, the other thing, that the, one of the big things is why they're, ba- they're able to start to affect change is because the technology is there to help them do it. Now, whether that's in, in phones that they use and the cameras that are there and the fact that they're connected so that they can tell their stories, which are significantly different to what the local media is trying to dictate and say, whether it's around creating technologies that replace other systems like the financial system, you know, I mean, holy smoke, you know, governments and banks are absolutely terrified of what digital currencies could do because it's taking Mm. ownership and regulation away from them. And I know it's like the wild, wild west, but that's, it's the wild, wild west because people are going, people are going, we're prototyping it. Let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't work. But one thing is for sure, we ain't doing it the way Mm. that you've told us to do it. But then you get the flip side of that, where governments have got a rush into basically go, right, how can we regulate it? How can we stop this? We'll bring in our own central bank digital currency and enforce that. And then, oh man, it's, it's, we're living in times now which are just mad, but so exciting. And it's exciting because we, as, as, as Phil's in his office, as an individual or a company of five or 10 or groups of 10, you know, you've got the ability to affect change because, because the, 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 the tech is there to help you do it. The connectivity is there to help you do it. There'll always be negatives. Look at nuclear fusion. Nuclear, oh, wow, look at this. We can, in theory, have some always on clean, efficient energy. Flip side of it, let's build nuclear bombs. It's, it, there's always going to be that. You know, There'll be pros and cons. to. I mean, that's extreme. And you could say that about AI. You could say, whoa, hang on a minute. We've got, Mm. here we go. Let's use it to do what we do on a daily basis and create some content or create some code that creates some amazing web apps. That's great. Or Skynet's coming to annihilate us all. It can go one way to the other. But I don't know if, I mean, I can't see to the future, but if if you think about our generation, okay, and what's gone on in, in the times that we've been alive already, oh, man, it's, it, it's bonkers, you know. I mean, my, my, my parents' generation probably was slightly more chilled, you know. I mean, I know they've been, you know, 
the two world wars and which their parents would have lived through i mean that which is significant but those are like mm. significantly large one events so we're living in big events all the time now significantly big events that, that are happening and happening and happening and happening and happening. The, and these events, everybody's more connected to them. It's more visible to everybody. And, and I share your enthusiasm. I, I'm excited about it, but there's always that flip side, as you said, Dave. Yeah, there's, definitely. There's, there's risk yeah. with every advancement we make. Of course there is. I, I genuinely think, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm probably, I probably am an optimist, and I still remain optimistic about it. And I genuinely think we're on the verge of utopia. But I've said before, I think that we compared to our, our, our parents, we're living in heaven right now. This is beyond their wildest dreams to yeah. where we live now. Yeah. You know, being able to, to work four days a week or even three mm. days a week is unfathomable for anybody who had a family and bills to pay. It just wouldn't happen unless you were born a millionaire or something like that. So I think we're kind of living in utopia com- compared to our grandparents, definitely. Just, just with the access to, to resources that we've got now. But now we've got this access to intelligence. There's always going to be a flip side to it. For every action, there's a reaction to it. And and I'm not being a naysayer about it. I just think the speed it's going at, we might be missing a trick. We might be missing something what's going on. And for me, it's the human interaction is what worries me. We, we're becoming less human as a consequence of reliance on artificial intelligence. That's my concern currently. I'm not saying it's a fact or that's a truth. That's just my concern right now is that we, we're becoming... Even now, me in my 50s, I'm thinking this would be so much easier now to get AI to write this for me. But I don't want to. I want to be able to write. And I don't write like you, Phil. The, the stuff I write is completely weird. I'm, I'm, writing about, I'm writing a book about me. And I'll be honest, what holds me back is my writing is so slow. And the perfectionism we spoke about a few episodes ago, I'll go back and rewrite it 16 times and I still, I'll never release it. So AI is actually helping me get over that mental block. But on the downside, it's just going to be so easy now to write a book. I don't think I'm actually going to become a better writer. You say that, Andy, but I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. Certainly from ChatGPT four, like you know, you're not you. You can write the odd bit. You can write code. You can do. You know, you, no one's going to write an AI. <laughs> famous last words here, isn't it? But. I can't imagine someone using ChatGPT to write a compelling book about an individual's journey or, you know, I just don't buy it. And I've been mucking around with this a a while. I just don't buy that, you know, someone's going to write a book that other people are going to want to pick up and find actually truly genuinely engaging because the stories, like, look, AI, ChatGPT, is crap at telling jokes, right? Crap at making... If you ask it to make up jokes, it's crap, right? Absolutely crap. A a joke, I would argue, a joke, a good joke is the truest form of creativity that there possibly is because a good joke Mm. connects one abstract uh, concept with another. You know, that's how jokes work. You know, something unexpected happens when two things come together that you couldn't have predicted. And and that's that 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 whole thing says everything to me because it says that again, if you ask 
ChatGPT to write a script for you to originate something. It just you can't do it. It might look like a script, you know. It might mm. feature some of the characters you've asked it to write about, but it won't hang together. And 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 I think, like I say, this is where I keep coming back to to to, to, to saying there are certain things you can get it to do that it'll do brilliantly well. I did the other day. I, I had a workshop planned uh, for a client. Um, I'd set aside a day to spec out what what I was going to do the, in the workshop. Um, and in the morning, I thought, you know what? I'll, I was still in bed. And I thought, I'll just have a quick go at ChatGPT, see if it could do me an overview <laughs> structure for this session I'm doing. And I fed it some documents because I've been working on some documents to you know prior to this. Uh, and I said, I've got uh, three hours. Uh, this is what I'm trying to do. Here's some context. And... It took me back and forth, probably half an hour, you know, me, me sort of going back to the prompts and saying, can we tweet this? Can we tweet that? But by the end of that sort of half an hour, hour, I'd done, I'd done the structure of the workshop and it also suggested the slides to, for me to use as well based on all of that. Mm-hmm. That meant the rest of the day, it wasn't that I had, I had to know what I was doing. I, I had to know what I was looking to achieve from it. I had to give it context from stuff I'd already written. But in that moment of going, you know what, I could spend the rest of the day working on this and still only get something as good as that has just suggested. I've still got to go and deliver the workshop Mm -hmm. and facilitate and capture all the information and process that and work that back into whatever it is. But that little bit in the middle, which wasn't very creative, it was kind of very processy, it did a flipping great job of. And, and and I think that's the point. I think, you know, create I think personally, yeah, even as a creative person, I don't think these can eliminate true creativity. What it can do, I mean, if I was a stock photographer right now, I'd be crapping myself. You know, if all my I was selling lots of photography on on on, you know, iStock photo and all these kind of things. Because now you could go to um one of the generative um image uh tools and just say I want a, a photo of uh, a confused looking um man in glasses recording a podcast and and it'd generate a picture of one of us three. You know, <laughs> joking aside <laughs> but joking aside, like literally <laughs> you know, because I've put a few blogs up recently and I thought, well I could use a stock photo or I could j- just generate one myself. If we look at the context of how we're using, like the three of us are potentially using AI at the moment, it's as good as what the human puts in it. And the humans is as good as, as the, mm. not the intelligence, the knowledge and everything that you've got. So you ba- you can use it to basically, as, as a tool, like you would use, let's just say, let's, see, let's look at it as the similar to using the Adobe Creative Suite or Microsoft bloody word or something like that you know it's as good as that it really really is and then if you were to think about how could it be used in healthcare well maybe it's in healthcare because they're going to use it to analyze this and this and it's going to make recommendations and this and it'll come out that Mm. it still needs people to be involved in it you know it it, it still needs Mm. those ideas and everything that are put into that are are entered into it that it's then used to basically to 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 get the output you know Mm. it's we it's it still needs people. Mm. And then again, it's all relative to the, to, to, to 
to the situation, the way that we would use it will be different to the way that such, such somebody else would use it, or that somebody else else would actually use it. It's I don't know. And also, all right, consider this then. Say, for example, everybody that writes copy starts using it. Before you know it, it'll all sound the same. So to stand out for the crowd, you need to put a human back into it. Exactly. You put the person back into it who's got the crafts and the skills that makes it even better because it doesn't sound like a bland exactly. piece of splurge that everybody else is using. You know, <laughs> yes. So I, I, I completely agree. And but. But this is, I think this and it is a but. The people who are reading, are they going to become less skilled at reading? Now, that hear me out for this one now. This has already been proven now that people are just scanning and not reading anymore. You know, we, we talk, we're, we're in a world where we're getting less patience. You know, we, we, it used to be like within 30 seconds of a talk, you knew whether or not you were interested or not. Now it's down to like 10 seconds or something ridiculous. You read an article, it was, you know, a 500-word article. If you've not got me after the first paragraph, I'm not going to carry on. Now it's one sentence people's ability to focus on stuff is again going worse. So I don't think it's the ability to write. I think it's the ability for people to read is, is getting worse because of our intelligence is getting less. And the fo- photography analogy, uh, there'll be photographer now, uh, photographers around, it, around listening to this now going, Phil, you cannot replicate the ability to capture that moment. But the people watching it going, I can't tell the difference. No, but then it depends, doesn't Absolutely it? Absolutely does it depend on? Well, it depends on what it's being used for, doesn't it? You know, it might be the fact that you, you this image is generated and it's great for low-level social media stuff. Do you know what I mean? But if you were working on a corporate rebrand that had a big branding strategy put behind it and part of that had a load of photography that was needed and this photography needed to be specific situations under a certain art direction and everything, then you're going, right, Where's the creative director? Where's the art director? Let's get the photographer involved because it needs to be specific. You know, otherwise our brand will mm. not stand out from brand A, B and C because mm. it's the same old shit and looks like everything else, you know, because that's what exactly, they've done. Yeah. So then you've got to think about the quality. It comes back to quality, doesn't it, over quantity? Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's when the craft skills become more important than ever. Like the example you just gave there about photography, about writing, about anything that can be sort of automated, like it comes down to being able to shine above that by by being the best. I mean, I'm, I'm not being funny, but like, you know, mm. anyone can be a copywriter these days, right? Anyone mm. can be a photographer these days, right? doesn't mean they're any good. I mean, you buy a half-decent camera. I mean, you've got a half-decent camera on your phone. You can take some pictures and boss, you're a you're a phot- f- photographer now. Uh, that must piss like proper photographers off, like because all of a sudden, mm. you know, the, the, their skills, you know, in framing a shot and all that kind of stuff, anyone thinks they can do it, you know. And it, it's like we need some photographer up for our low level website, you know. Oh, I'll go and take the camera out. I'll take the phone out and you know do some pictures of Manchester City Centre, you know, rather than commission a a, a, a a decent photographer to do that work. Um, you know, and I, I just think maybe this is about r- reminding ourselves what's good. My point, but you know, about the stock mm. images. Well, stock images are stock images. The, the reason that you know they're, they're on sale on the generic, iStock Photo the or whatever is the because flat. they're not high yeah. art. They're not going to. They're not going to. Yeah. 
generate, you know, no one's going to look at it and go, wow, it's a picture of someone. You did generic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, but if you go and see some work by a pro- proper photography, you just go, mm. this is amazing. And nothing in the mm. world could generate that because of the creative process behind it. And, and as we, as I've said, I don't think AI is particularly well, good also, or anywhere near good. Let's, let's think, just quickly think about music. Right? Let's think about music, right? Okay. Where, where you get a group or a part of the, the craft and everything, the production that goes into something. Okay. And then you go, okay, I'm going to blast something out using a piece of kit online on, mm. which then before you know it, sounds like everything mm. else that sounds out that, that's out there. Okay. But then it, but then it depends, depends on, who are you appealing to? Are you appealing to the are you appealing to the bland masses? As many people as possible mm. who might have a low level touch point with it, engage with something once and then forget about it, and you're just going for pure volume, or are you going, do you know what? We've got we know that this these guys here like like what we do. And they'll buy album one. They might not like album two as much, but they'll buy into it because they know they're buying into us and they'll still buy it and we'll blow them to pieces with album three. It's you saw this. This is the balance, isn't it? You know, is it something that's just quick to market, <laughs> fast, whatever, mm. or is it something that comes down with craft? You know, mm. well, using using music as an example, we remember what happened in totally. the eighties with Stockcake totally. and Waterman. They just sold everything, and you know, they and they they de-skilled that you know mm. that sector to to a big degree. Yeah. and it wasn't the the musicians. And it wasn't the songwriters. It was the population who was buying that shite, who were being fed that shite. They're the ones who were suffering. And you know, and the musicians and the craftsmen, if you like, they, you know, they, they were still great. But the opportunities were then going to less skilled, less capable people to be, you know, to, to make money out of that. And that's that's I think that's a very similar analogy where yeah. we're at right now. It's not so much the craftsmen and the skilled people, the great writers, the great photographers, mm. the great people that are delivering workshops, for example, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is will people begin to know the difference between what's good and what's not good? And it's entirely subjective. My worry is are we becoming less, not less skilled from a productive perspective, but are we less skilled at spotting what's real and what's not real anymore? Are we just going to become, almost become robots? Well, You'll soon be able to spot the real before the not real because there'll be a piece of AI that does it for you, mate. <laughs> There's something that comes out <laughs> that basically that, that that can see it. But it's it's you know what? All everything we're talking about here is what's the saying? Horses for courses? Is that what you know? It, it's that's what it is. Hmm. I'm sure we would have been having this same conversation if talking cod have been going Mm. like 20 years ago about the internet it's coming to destroy us it's gonna it's gonna ruin our you know Mm. our appreciation of stuff and it's just changed stuff massively you know but it but it's changed it's given us access to any music we want or any movie or any tv show or we can communicate with the, the people that, that we once would have put on a pedestal, we can, we can, you know, DM them, you know, and all this kind of stuff that we wouldn't have been able to comprehend 20 years ago. And I think we, we, we've got to look back at, at that and go, the world didn't no. implode, you know, because the internet kind of be, be rolled out, 
you know, and and yes, there's got to be checks and balances, as we say. You know, there's this this thing in the states at the minute, this mm. this this uh, letter from uh, Elon Musk and uh, Steve Wozniak and and all of those kind of guys saying stick the brakes on this for six months. And and part of me thinks, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. But then part of me also thinks is, well, <laughs> well, what, what why would Elon Musk want to put the brakes on it when, you know, I don't know, maybe it's more about sort of <laughs> what, what opportunities it might bring. But anyway, regardless of all that, like we keep saying, it it's here and we've got to make it work for us. Have you, have you heard, have you heard of the uh, this paper, paperclip maximizer theory? No, <laughs> judging by the blank look. So this was a theory put, put forward about 20 years ago by some by some bloke some uh yeah, some some John. some um some bloke I don't even know it was <laughs> some bloke called John um so John theorized uh with with AI um that it just put out this example of a um what might happen in an AI driven world there therein if you gave um a, a uh, an AI, uh, a task to single-handedly do, for example, make mm. paper clips and make as many paper clips as you possibly can. That ultimately <laughs> would tr- trigger the, the, the destruction of the planet because if, if it had single mind, a single-minded, you know, task to make paper clips, it would make paper clips until it sort of got hit a, if it hit a challenge where it couldn't it didn't have enough uh iron uh, to make any more paper clips it then might go okay well actually if we could take over a, a country that is has more uh resources so i can get more iron uh then we can carry on making iron so you know that at this this point the ai starts sort of infiltrating a government to basically seize power over a, a state to carry on making Paper clips, and and you know, if all of a sudden there's no iron left in the world, it's then looking at what 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 else can we make paper clips out of? And it just goes on and on and on and on. Obviously, it's not a very likely scenario, but it's mm. you know that's one that's often sort of used as a kind of well worst case scenario. If if we don't if we don't sort of control this the right way and put those checks and balances in, you get the the paper paperclip maximizer effect and we all die mm. in pursuit and there's no one there to use the paper <laughs> clips which is we, the irony we've talked of it. quite a bit about irony the potential negatives but <laughs> what about all the potential positives what if the tech was there and said right model the global energy consumption mm. and make recommendations on how we could reduce our energy uh, use and or what types of alternative element energy could be used and where in the world come back to us with a solution and it did it do you know what i mean you know or, or you said or you or you said look these yeah. over the last yeah. x amount of years Absolutely. all these people so many people have suffered from cancer these are the types of cancer this is the data we've got on the individuals this is where they've lived this is how this is what they've been eating these are the jobs they've done and they modeled it all and they came back and said out of those 30 cancers we can stop 20, don't eat this, don't do that, don't think about... Do you know what I mean? And, and, mm. and I know that's very, very rudimentary. Oh, yeah. But what if, what if it did? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What if we could actually use it for really, really, really good things, you know? 
And yeah. that's that's the thing, as you said before, Dave, you know, with any kind of advancement in technology or any yeah. tools that we create as humans, there will be positive and negative implications of it. So there's got to be positive implications of it. And I completely agree. I think it is. I think there's no doubt it's here to stay. But And I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the clone of Elon Musk's um, brigade, if you like, because I'm not too sure if it's actually him. He, he is an alien. He's admitted it on the Joe Rogan show that he's actually an alien. While smoking a big joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but I'm, I kind of I kind of have got a bit of a, I kind of I lean towards that a little bit. Like social media, for example, social media can be used for lots of really good things. It connects people around the world, but it can also stop people from having the ability to speak with other people because they can't be asked going seeing them anymore because I'd rather just send them a DM. For example, there's always there's always a, an equal but opposite reaction to everything we do, and I think that's the case with with technology, just technology in general, and any kind of engineering advancement we've ever had. So I'll I'll be honest, I love technology. I got super. This question I've got for you: When's the last time you got super excited about an advancement in technology? And I think for me, right now, hundred percent now. So thinking about thinking about for me, mm. when when I first got that ZX yeah, right Spectrum, now, yeah. my life totally changed. No, seriously, because I thought at last I can do something that really leans into oh, my yeah. skill set. Yeah, yeah. Because be, being yeah. a weak, weak, skinny yeah. lad runt who was crap at football, went to a school that played rugby, and I'm not a rugby player. All of a sudden, I could start using a computer. I made a fortune selling computer games. And I loved it. And all the way through, when when, when desktop PCs were a thing and they were like £2,000 a pop, I went to bowlers and bought all the components and for the next six months studied how to build a computer and I built a computer and I started selling them. But I didn't want to do it because I'm like, I'm not spending any wow. time with my wife here. And I think that's, I think there's always like a flip side to this. So I get super excited about technology, but I also look back and go, smartphones in my hand, I could speak to anybody all around the world. Brilliant. I've just spent four hours doom scrolling on the fucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's a flip side to yeah, everything yeah. we do. And both both Steinheimer, Steamheimer said, you know, quite prophetically, um, you know, we built a system. We we need to let the system work yeah, for us. Did. The problem I'm seeing is that the system we're becoming a slave to this. Not we, not us three, because we're enlightened now, of course. A little bit. What I mean is that a lot of people are becoming slaves to the system that we've created. So 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 now is an exciting time. What other times have you had in your life where you got super excited about technology? Forty-eight K spectrum. Gosh, brilliant, amazing. <laughs> just, just I've got one downstairs. To... Yeah. I've got one downstairs. A working one downstairs. Jet set welly. I don't think they ever did, mate. Wow, I don't think they ever ever did. Rubber keyboard. Mine never worked Rubber keyboard. Copied. Best of yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crashed a lot. The oh worst God, thing was yeah. if you if you'd spent half an hour loading a a a, a, a copied uh, <laughs> version of, you know, Night Rider or whatever, you know, some game or what have you. And and, and yeah, you get oh to the God. end of it and it'd say R tape loading error. <laughs> like oh. ah, technology, curse you. Uh, and then the other time for me was was yeah, the the iPhone. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, I pre-ordered, as you can imagine, like, you know. And got when Steve Jobs did that keynote, mm. I'm sitting there going, you know, incredible. Yeah. wow. 
that that's it, isn't it? Because yeah. there have been sort of touch touch screen things before, but they always were crap. And you know, mm. th- how, this thing how do just I how do I get how do I set fire to my BlackBerry Pearl? That's like <laughs> BlackBerry Pearls. Jesus oh, Christ. I think it was about, it was like, <laughs> oh my God, it was about that, you know, tiny, with the tiniest keyboard with hundreds of keys on it. And and I can't see screens at the best of times. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, the, when Steve Jobs did that keynote, I do remember going, oh, wow, wow. Mm. Yeah, so that, I, I agree I agree with those yeah. two. Even when, the, even when the internet came yeah, along, yeah, you know, I remember when the internet came along and I remember going and the, the internet was just like, all right, I can see something <laughs> visually online. And I, I remember signing up for an email, you know, I signed up for that Yahoo account email, bosh, done. Two weeks later going, oh, I better check my email. And I had one email from Yahoo saying, welcome, welcome to Yahoo email. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> it wasn't something that I thought, holy shit. You know, yeah, and a lot of people now when they, you know, when people are working, you know, they've got proper jobs, not not like us, and they've got fifty emails I've landed overnight. That's that's the flip side to, to technology it I'm is. talking about. You know, it does affect people's mental health. Well, because it's more, it's more, isn't it? All that what technology does, and a lot of instances enables you to do to do more. So you're doing more and more and more and more, and you're not just connected in one particular instance. You're connected yeah. everywhere. So you're doing more everywhere. So you never mm. really, and it's always work-related, mm. isn't it? Nine times out of ten, it's work-related. Yeah. So you're always doing more everywhere for work. We did this, we had this conversation at a workshop I facilitated. I do love workshops as well, Phil. Um, hey, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know, Phil, would you? No, he don't, hey, no, Phil, he doesn't uh, mention it very often, does he? You wouldn't <laughs> think that he did. <laughs> I was just wondering, I was just going to ask him what does he do? Well, I've, I've, I've no idea what you do, mate. <laughs> I just get my chat box and put it on LinkedIn. <laughs> I was still in my workshop up. on uh, how to find your purpose, written by ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, honestly. I've still got the invoice outstanding. It wasn't written by ChatGPT. Um, but within that, we were talking about why it was about leadership, and it was it was about the lack of ability to have coaching conversations with people. The reason they can't have coaching conversations with people because they get 150 emails a day. So they're constantly emptying their inbox and there lies a problem. If they just got up off their ass and had a coaching conversation in the first place, they wouldn't be sending an email backwards and forwards in an email exchange 24 hours a day. And I think that's the thing about email is a really good example. As soon as you've got electronic mail and you can converse with people all around the world at any time, then you've got, you know, that that's a positive thing without doubt. Flip side to that is people stop having conversations because they just stick it in an email. Get off your ass and just have a chat with your colleague. That's way more effective, and it's a better way of coaching and mentoring people from a human perspective. But yeah, that's me. That's I don't ever mention that I do workshops and coaching. So what, what have we learned here, King Cod? For me, guys, yeah, I mean, we're specifically Never. talking about uh, open AI as a product, aren't we? And the, obviously, there's lots of other, other, other. You know, so many other pieces of tech that are out there. We're just talking about this because of its relevance right now, but it's a tool. It's, for, for me specifically at this moment in time, it's a tool and it's as good as the individual that's working with it and what you what you put into it and then how you craft its output. It's a tool. Do you know what I mean? And it it's it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. devalue 
the quality of 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 what I do or whatever you guys do because I I know you and I know what you do I know you I know that you've got that you've got those skills and that intelligence to use it as a tool and if it it'll it might make you slightly more efficient and uh, the output will be better because you may for example if you've allocated five hours to do something you may still do those five hours but you'll use mm-hmm. it as a tool and you'll get the equivalent of ten hours out so that's 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 different that. That is adding super value yeah. to it, but it's as good yeah. as the individual that's involved yeah, in yeah. the process. I agree with that. Uh, what about you, Phil's avatar? Yeah, I think the same as Dave, really. It, 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 we should view it as a tool that can enhance what we do. Um, it's not going to replace us. Well, not yet, you know. Um, but if you're sort of thinking about what do I do in a business or what do we do on a daily basis that – or what do I not do? So here's yeah, my last thought. Nice. Is that I like I, that. We, we've talked a lot about ju- journaling, mm. things like journaling. Like um, I, I I just hate the idea. Or I've always hated the idea of journaling. Even even though I anyone that sits in a meeting with me knows that I just sit there typing notes about everything that's happened, you know, da, da, da. Andy's just walked through the door <laughs> with a cup of coffee, that kind of thing, you know. Okay. But, but, you know, journaling, you know, I just never – never wanted to do that but but recently i've kind of been mm-hmm. getting to the end of days and thinking god what for done today you know I'm not, there's nothing I, I think in the next day there's nothing positive happened yesterday so i created myself a bot um a journaling bot so i sort of fed it you know what i wanted and all this kind of thing love it so that now i can go in and i can sort of write a little mini review of, of yesterday the things that were positive it'll play that back to me a lot but i've asked it to sort of as i as i continue to refer back mm. to stuff that's happened in the past that i've posted it to it in the past so to me that's great that's exactly how i'd want a journal i don't want to do something lose it in my notes and never see it again i want it to sort of be reminded of you know remember that that that, that, that the other day when you're feeling really good because that happened you know like that to me is the really powerful stuff where you go, that's it working for me, not, you know, not, not, not me working for it. Mm. And that's, I think that's those sorts of things we need to think about. It's what you currently don't do that you now can do. Exactly. Oh yeah. I mean, exactly. That's nice, man. That's really nice. Mm. When used yeah. rightly. Yeah. I, I think that's a whole new podcast that, reflection and journaling not genuinely do it's that I, I, I love journaling and i've been typing my journal for the last few yeah, years yeah. rather than writing it but you know 